Good morning, PVIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Billy and Pastor Sean. So we've come to the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer series this week, and today's sermon was on the last line of the prayer, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Pastor Billy, before we dive into the Q&A, go ahead and give us a small summary of the sermon. Thanks, Neil. So we've come now to the end of this series within a series uh, on the Lord's Prayer. And um, we've come off of the six petitions that we found in the prayer, and we come to what is really a um, conclusion a doxology, if you will, an expression of praise um, that flows logically out from the preceding petitions of the prayer. And that is to say um, to God that yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So we looked at the three elements of that doxology. Firstly, the kingdom the kingdom is God's. We talked about you, the fact that you can't divorce the fact that there's a kingdom from the fact that there is a king. And ultimately that Jesus is our king, whom we ultimately um, give our allegiance to. And uh, our understanding that as we go forward out from here um, in the Gospel of Matthew, that will be centered and rooted in this idea about the kingdom then the idea around the power, uh, that the power belongs to God. Uh, we talked about kind of in thinking about the attributes of God, that he is all powerful, but the implication in our lives is that um, that should lead us to a place of dependence. And lastly, we talked about all the glory being God's and um, about that amazing thought that out into eternity, uh, God will ultimately share his glory with us and that how that's a hope that we can hold on to um, as we live our lives so really this uh, doxology and this ending this conclusion to the prayer is kind of the right reflexive response um, for someone who has truly and rightly understood and prayed and prayed the lord the lord's prayer thank you pastor billy um so um, I like that you uh, divided it in, into three elements of the doxology. The first one, so I'm going to dive into the first element, which is for yours is the kingdom. One of the things you mentioned in the sermon, uh, quote unquote, if we do not experience God's kingdom, we are standing in the wrong place. So what does that mean in our everyday life? Uh, how do we practically, in terms of perspective, be in the right place? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to think about what does it mean to live in a live with a kingdom mindset or maybe the better way to think about it is that what does it mean to live through a kingdom live life through a kingdom lens if you will. So I think there's a temptation or maybe a tendency that folks have to compartmentalize their Christianity or compartmentalize their faith 
to sort of say, okay, I've got my career over here and I've got my family over here. I've got my hobbies over here. I've got my wants and desires over here. Um, and then I've got my Christianity over here and my faith over here. And Christianity is something that's kind of tacked on to our lives in addition to all these other things. And that's not a kingdom perspective, right? That's not a perspective that views God as king. It's not a perspective that views yourself as a citizen of the kingdom. What it should be or, or what a kingdom perspective perspective would be is okay let me take my career and now run that through the lens of the kingdom what does it mean for my uh, for me to execute my career and my pursuits in my career um, through a kingdom perspective what does it mean for me to um, disciple my family love my wife love my children through a kingdom perspective as opposed to um, having our faith as just one other aspect tacked onto our life, it's really the lens through which we run through um, every other aspect of our life. Are there ways that you think that um, bringing a kingdom perspective to our occupations, um, how can we bring a, bring a kingdom perspective to being a nurse? being an accountant, um, being a teacher. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, well, I think you'd, you'd have to start with the idea that your vocation and look at how it interacts with people, right? So I think um, that's a good starting point, right? Professions are, are varied, right? They're, they differ, but in one way or another, whether you're in more of a service industry or whether you're more of a, in a more business context, regardless of what it is, you're going to interact with people, other humans, image bearers of God. So do you have an outlook in your, in your career where how you interact with those other image bearers, um, you were intentionally and thoughtfully thinking about how you would do that as a citizen of the kingdom or like I said is your faith just tacked on as an extra thing and never integrates itself into um, your profession so I think linking and seeing where you connect with people is a great way to see find avenues for how you can bring a kingdom perspective and can bring your faith you know into your vocation or your profession no I think that's a great point you brought um, <clears throat> we uh and I think in small group, uh, Sean, you were talking about one of the books, uh, the Tim Chalice book that had about about productivity and how you can show forth your faith in other, um, you know, in aspects of your life. And I think that ties in well. It's, is it just some? Is your faith just you know a part of you, or it's because you're saved? The the works that you do, is it for yourself or is it for the glory of God and for the benefit of others? Like how you know it the perspective of how people look at you. I also think that in addition to that, which is absolutely true, I think work ethic 
also plays a part in this. Like you hear about the Protestant work ethic. I think we honor God, of course, primarily by our interactions with people, and Neil, what you had mentioned also, but we can also honor God by striving for excellence in what we do. Uh, yeah, totally. Like if we think about God and, and you know, in, in our in our weekly Bible study, we're in Genesis, right? And we're thinking about God's creation and his creativity in creation, right? And And the beauty in his creation, right? And then... And to think about, well, when we actually come into a professional space and we, you might be creating, right? They're making a product or you might be doing something. You're, you're not creating the way God creates, but we are actually modeling or we're actually, you know, um, modeling God in that sort of way when we are actually attempting to produce something. And when we do that, when we do it with a certain excellence, Right, we're we're doing that to the glory of God, right? So, um, yeah, the the idea that uh, we would you know work hard and work diligently is not just an outflow of our our, our personal ethics, but really is an outflow of the grounding of Scripture and our faith. Thank you. Um, so this next question. Um, dealing with the second element of God's power, his um, everlasting power, the sovereignty of God. Um, people have issues with the faith where, you know, God is all-loving, but may concede that he's not all-powerful, Can't they can't wrap their brain around it. They like more of a realistic God, you know, try to make them in their own Im image. One of the things, this is going into, it's kind of a somber thought, um, as an example of this past week uh, or is happening right now um the, there was a tragedy that happened in india over a train uh collision um over 250 people passed and over a thousand people injured um coming to the question <clears throat> if god can do anything and he's almighty why does he allow these bad things to happen yeah it's it's not something that hasn't been wrestled with, right? Um, going back into Christianity historically, and then I think just in each of our personal lives, right? As we live in a broken and marred world, um, we interact with <clears throat> evil and tragedy, pain, and suffering um and i think first is just to acknowledge right that one i me personally i don't have a specific answer towards every specific instance of suffering or evil that that has happened or, or will happen and um and you'd be hard pressed to find, you know, in scripture, a specific, a specific answer to a specific mm -hmm. element of suffering or, or pain or, or tragedy. Um, but what we can take from Christianity, what we can take from scripture is what the answer is not. And what the answer is not is it's not that 
God is far off. It's not that God is, you know, disconnected and uh, unconcerned and uninterested in a way. What we have uniquely in Christianity is that we have God in Christ entering into the suffering of humanity. Coming, living as we do. Suffering and dying. And that is utterly unique from the Christian perspective and, and gives, from a Christian perspective, a resource to deal with suffering that really no other worldview has. Um, so while, right, there's going to be no, uh, I'm not going to have a specific answer to a specific element of suffering. We know that our God has shown us his love in entering into the suffering of humanity and that he will ultimately um, reverse the wrongs, right? He will ultimately bring um, justice and right to this world that is ultimately marred by evil and tragedy. I think there's a, there's a tendency, and I think we have to caution ourselves against doing it, is that when we look at a tragedy like what happened or what's happening over in India is to immediately think, what did they do wrong? Or who sinned? Right. So then when we look in Luke 13 and we think about the Tower of Siloam where 18 people died and Christ is being questioned saying, who sinned? And Christ specifically doesn't attribute that tragedy to the sins of those people who died. Then you look at Job and you see all the things that are happening and everyone immediately thinks, oh, it's because you did something wrong. You have secret sins in your life. You have things going on. Meanwhile, we look at Job 1 and we see it really wasn't that at all. So we have to caution ourselves against thinking that, oh, when these tragedies happen, it's, it's because of something that they did specifically. There's, there's something bigger. There's something greater. And I think that's a lot of what you were just talking about. And that perspective of, uh, perspective of suffering, it's a theology of suffering, and I think if you don't quite have it um you know in the midst of the culture that we live in and some of the christian culture that we're in where the the theology of prosperity um somewhat is held in imbalance against the theology of suffering right if you don't have a uh, appropriate balance in your understanding about those then, uh, yeah, you'll be prone to make all kinds of conclusions and, and things that, you know, maybe don't actually line up with uh, the weight of Scripture. So for our last question today, I just wanted to quickly reflect on a passage that you brought up, uh, John fifteen five, where Jesus says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then you followed that up by saying, well, if that's true, then the converse must be true, right? That with God, we can do great things. And you used this really awesome example of Kinsley and lifting the table. And So the question is, what are some great things that we can do in everyday life in the context of what you were talking about? 
Yeah, it's really it's really remarkable. It's really humbling to think about the fact that the God of the universe, the creator God, the God who um, with his word brought the universe into existence doesn't have a need of us and yet invites us into his purposes and invites us into his mission like if you just stop right there and think about the wonder and the awe of that uh, it's really astounding and then the fact then that he has called us meaning that you know he uses us and our worth and our value is not found in necessarily ourselves but in who holds us right and, and you know so um yeah, each and every day we're called into this mission. So um, it's comforting to know that, you know, there are people, when you, and this ties back into the sovereignty of God, right? And um, we talk about God's power. There are people, we know that there are people that he has ordained to be for us to bring the gospel to them. That should birth such great confidence in us when it comes to that thing, that he's called us to be conduits of his grace, conduits of the gospel, this truth to uh, the people around us. So one of the things that great things that we do is that God has invited us to um, participate in this great mission of, of the gospel. Um, that's one thing. Others avenues and ways is that you know he uses us as um as instruments of his mercy right there are people right now who are hurting who are struggling who feel um alone who are um feel lost um and uh, and it's a great thing to be able to be used by god to incarnationally enter into these people's lives and these circumstances and to bring um, God's love and God's mercy and God's grace uh, to these to these people um, it's it's a blessing and a great honor that God calls us in to, to do these things and these are great these are great things and I think when you're saying that a lot of that has to do with what you spoke about earlier as far as perspective. Because most people think when you say something like, um, I'll be able to do great things, they might think of it as I might be able to do great things for me. But the examples that you're talking about are doing great things and being incarnational in the sense of doing great things for the benefit of others. And I think that's an important distinction, right? Yeah, I mean, it goes back into the, the petitions, right? Um, the second three petitions um, bring us into community with others, right? Because it's give us our daily bread, right? Forgive us, lead us. So really it makes sense that the natural outflow of this doxology, while it brings us back to God and saying, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory, that that would still have a effectual result in us um, being conduits 
of the kingdom, conduits of the, of the power, conduits of the glory um, out to others. And that's God's great work that, and he's invited us into that. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, it's a great uh, way to uh, conclude the Lord's Prayer series. Um, so if going into this week, uh, Pastor Billy, uh, give us some questions that we can uh, think about. So we'll have, th- we have three questions that touch on those three main elements um, of the, the, the doxology, as it were. So when we start with yours as the kingdom, um, something to consider in your own life is, you know, I think... We have some ideas about control in our life and um, maybe an opportunity to sit and meditate and think about, you know, is there a specific aspect of your life where maybe you have um, exerted an idolatrous level of control? And um, to really sit and examine and think about that and maybe confess that and think about what it might look like to, um, you know, take your hands off the wheel as it were on that particular aspect of your life that's one secondarily thinking about um uh all the power uh being unto god um we really linked an, a clear understanding of that to a dependence and um so it was just to um this week as you're praying uh, to consider what it would be like to infuse your prayers with asking God to help you to be dependent. And in your prayers to really um, talk about asking God to help you to understand his power in that sort of way, to guide you and lead you into a place of dependence. And then lastly, when it comes to um, glory, um you know, to just stop and pause and think. I think we all are at times can go through difficult times, right? Tough times, harsh times. Um, How does the hope of glory help you deal with trials and pain and suffering and how you might be able to... um, like we already talked about, be a conduit of that to others that may be going through similar sufferings as as your as yourself. Thank you, Pastor Billy. We look forward to tackling those questions this week. And until next Sunday, let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God. <laughs>